This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, all right, with the Butcher Boy, Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. It's Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you are subscribed to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. All right, a couple things to get into that are a little bit off the map that are interesting this week. We were talking earlier, and I think we will all year long, talk about the lack of the big signing. You and I were on the same page uh, with one particular free agent we really, really wanted before the season started. Say a Suzuki. Part of me feels silly for feeling the way I did because it's not like we'd ever seen him play before. He never played in the bigs. I saw a two-minute cut-up. I saw a two-minute cut-up, and I was like, that's the guy I'm throwing $100 million at. Remember uh, remember the pre-draft of Darko Milicek? I'm like, he he made three shots in Europe, and we're just seeing him on a loop, and we're like, he's amazing. He never misses. So, So it's the same thing here, but he fit the profile. Mm-hmm. Number one and number two, we've watched a lot of people make that overseas jump, and uh, and do really well with it. Obviously, mm-hmm. so um, so we knew the Giants wanted him, and they did. Story comes out in the Athletic this week that goes a little bit deeper into why Seiya Suzuki didn't come, and it's something I try to remind everybody all the time. Like, when are the Giants going to sign a free agent? We got to remember the free agents got to want to come. Yeah, and and this one wasn't about balls dying in the heavy air of Oracle Park apparently is widely reported in Japan when Mayor London Breed in December declared a state of emergency in the Tenderloin because of drug issues, crime, homelessness. This was widely reported in Japan. Suzuki wants a urban lifestyle, lived in Tokyo, um, so he doesn't want to go live in Lafayette like a lot of giants do in the East Bay. And so the thought now is that this family guy chose Chicago over the Giants because of the city of San Francisco, which that's a new one for us. Well, this one hit home on a variety of levels. Number one, like Chicago's a world-class city like San Francisco is, is deemed, but it's been a very dangerous place for many, many years. It leads a lot of murder statistics uh, across the country. So the fact that now San Francisco is considered more dangerous than Chicago that one hit my soul. I know you're a local boy. I'm yeah. a local boy. I love my city. Mark, how many times have you and I had a cell phone conversation where I'm like, I can't believe what I just saw on the street. He's not wrong. It's a sad indictment. And here's the part that's frustrating as a Giants fan. Now the community is part of the reason on why the team can't land a free agent. It's not the park itself. 
It's not the money. It's not the team that they've built. It's not the ownership being, you know, a penny pincher. No, no. Now you're saying the community is the reason that this person wouldn't want to come here. That really hurt my soul, man. And and it speaks to how bad things are in the downtown area. I don't want to turn this into political geo, you know, um, podium here, but it just this is a hard one to swallow on a variety of levels for me. Well, I agree with you. And it's also a hard one to swallow because, by the way, uh, he's got an 1180 OPS. Uh, that's the other thing, man. He's crushing it. He's crushing it. And he would he would have looked so good. And I think that it, it's a fair point just from this standpoint. You're right. Let's not get into politics, but let's say this uh, forever. Uh, and whether this is the Giants, the 49ers, the Warriors, whatever, we look at this city as a strength when it comes to free agent recruiting. You know what I mean? Like we talk mm-hmm. about uh, NBA, you got to go to a major market. You got to have facilities. You got to yeah. have all of that stuff in place. And, you know, we've watched players like Hunter Pence come in and just fall in love with the city and fit yeah. perfectly. Gabe Kapler too, even though that's not a player. I, I, I just, that's why it stings. You know, it's the first time I think that I can remember where that really became a story where somebody didn't want to come Mm -hmm. because of the city, because of the market, as opposed to that being a strength. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that'll become a trend. Um, It looks like this guy looks at things a little bit differently than most players Mm -hmm. who are just going to be motivated by the money. But this one was, he was looking for a place to live as much as a team or the right contract and so, uh, yeah, that's a new one. That's a new one. And Mark, look, I mean, we all want our community that we live in to be safe and deemed safe by others. And forget the beauty and all the different things that are there. And you want to have civic pride just at its, at its basic nature. And when you hear these things, it's hard for me to drum up a counter argument because I think there's a lot of truth in what he's saying. And it really hurts me to my soul because this is the city I love more than any other. And I don't have a counterpunch to this argument. I, I really don't. I mean, that said, um, I think this 11 and five start now begs the question only 11 and five, but it's mm-hmm. 10% of the season. And here we go again. It does beg the question that we were asking all off season because I thought this was the year that they were going to splash. Me too. And they, they didn't. And so now we're like, well, okay, Longo comes off the books. Maybe next year will be the year that's, that he's going to splash. <laughs> uh, 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 is he just never going to splash? And, and does he have the ammo now to say, why would I? Look yeah. at the way we're doing it and it's working. I think they're in a good spot. And, and here's why I think they're in a good spot right now. They've got a war chest of money. They've got tons of room to, to do whatever they want in free agency. And I think that they've got a war chest of farm prospects that are desirable. It's not about one or two prospects. Do you have enough prospects in the system so that you can swing deals for guys with one, two years left on their current deal before they hit uh, you know, ultimate free agency? Because then you can buy out some of those arbitration years. I think they're in the best of both worlds. I, I thought that they were going to be a player for Jose Ramirez, quite frankly. And obviously he signed an extension with the Guardians. But those are the kind of guys that I think they'll be in the mix for. Lindor, who we saw with the Mets the Mets didn't sign him as a free agent they traded him while he had a couple of years left the Guardians did and then the Mets gave him a mega deal I think the Giants will be in the mix with one of these guys whether it's this year or in the offseason 
they're gonna spend. It's just the right guy hasn't presented itself. Yet. Yeah. Well, and I, if there is a silver lining to the story, it's that the Giants were in it and they went yeah. hard and they wanted to. They wanted to spend. They 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 said they were not given an opportunity to match the offer from the Cubs. So I don't think it was about money. Uh, again, I think with these guys, it's always about uh, the the DNA of the deal. You know, if this yeah. if this is. Um, if this is going to be a player that's in his 20s, if this is a player that fits on all levels, I, I, I still think that they'll go in. It's just they have a very, very specific list of boxes that need to get checked before they'll go after a guy. And then even when they do, that guy may say no. Yeah. Well, and if you ask me right now, hey, Joe, what do they need? What's the one, I would say, just a right-handed power bat who maybe can play corner infield long-term or one of the corner outfield spots long-term. Like, that's what I'm looking for. That's why Suzuki, I thought, was a good fit. Right-handed hitter, great defender. So, I don't know, but that's what I'm looking for. What are you looking for? If they could swing kind of a deal, like, I'm not saying a player, but what are you looking for in general? Well, I, I, I mean, I think what you're saying makes a whole lot of sense. Obviously, they may counter with the, uh, the idea that um, a player like that may come up in the system. You know, yeah. they've got a yeah. lot of guys now. True. I mean, they, what you just described, you just described who they think Marco Luciano is going to be. <laughs> yes. But but nobody wants to wait two years and then let's see if it actually works out and we got to yeah. build up and get better. I, I, I get all that. I just think that because of the hitters' decisions repeatedly to not come to San Francisco, whether it's ballpark, the city, whatever it is, um, I think they're going to have to, and, and I think Farhan knows this, they got to bring him up through the farm and they got to get him at the deadline. It's exactly yeah. what they did last year. And so, yeah. you know, if they, if they pitch the way they are right now, um, they're, they're going to be in it at the deadline. And, and, and the guy that you just described, whoever it is, mm. they'll, they'll go get him. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And look, this guy's smart. <laughs> I mean, as much as I get frustrated at, at the, the inactivity, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, I'm just watching this team and I'm like, dude, this team is, they got holes on certain days, but they consistently win. And isn't that what we want? A consistent winner? I mean, it's the proof's in the pudding, Mark. Totally. Absolutely. And speaking of which, what that ends up doing is uh, it leaves uh, the captain as uh, as their guy again in, uh, in Brandon Belt. He cooled off a little bit this mm -hmm. week, but all in all, Things are still looking really strong with him so far. The average is only 236, but the OPS is up at 882. He's got four home runs, which is only behind Jock on the team. Uh, steady as she goes. Brandon Belt is, uh, is, is doing another solid job. Scared me a little bit for a second when he slid into second base. Oh, my goodness. Right on uh, right oh. yesterday, on Saturday's game, he slides into second base and he stayed down for a minute. And I went, oh, here we go. You know, there, there, there goes the captain, but, uh, but he is fine and, uh, and played again on Sunday. And it's just interesting because uh, we're getting into a conversation, you and I and our producer, Sam Loveman, and uh, the, the comment gets made, boy, he just, he has a completely different look about him in the last, you know, in the last year and a half than he ever mm -hmm. had before. And I go, does he, or is that just a result of our perception of him has changed? The numbers have changed. Like, and, and, and even just that idea, we've fallen into this trap with a bunch of giants, Brandon Crawford too, sometimes even Buster Posey. We don't like the look on their face. 
And we don't we don't like the the, the way that they move. And I, I I wonder if because of that is that why the belt wars started that we just don't like the way the body language because I'm not convinced that that body language ever meant anything. Well, I mean, if we were going bad body language Hall of Fame, he would be on a short list in Bay Area history. Although, I mean, he's a good player, good to great player at times. But like Willie Cauley-Stein's on this list and he's a nobody. You know what I'm saying? And I don't even feel like it's fair putting them in the same sentence. I mean, one guy's had an 11, 12-year career in multiple World Series. The other guy was here for like five minutes. We couldn't wait to send him on BART. But uh, here's the thing with Bell. I, I think it boils down to this. First base for the San Francisco Giants is a glamour position. You know, Orlando Cepeda and Willie McCovey and then Jack the Ripper at times and then Will Clark came in there and JT Snow. And I just think that Giants fans have a disproportionate expectation of what the, the players should look like. And when they see a six foot five guy go up there and he's not the most aggressive swinger, I think it's kind of us expecting him to be swinging out of his shoes like Vladimir Guerrero did in his prime when that's just not who the player is. He's a discerning baseball player. I think it's us, not him. Well, it's fascinating though, too, because let's think all the way back to the famous video that started his career, you know, when Bolts is looking at him, you know, you want a beer and, 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 (laughs) and he's crying and I'm, and, and somehow that guy, the guy who was crying because he Mm -hmm. made the giants, and has been in a Giants uniform ever since and a homegrown player, that guy has now been branded as unemotional and without care. And it's like, I just don't, you know, I don't think that's who he is. This captain thing that has developed, I think the way he delivers it with a dry sense of humor really shows kind of who he is as a person. And, And I just, I'm a big believer, man. This is, this is the highest levels of the high in pro sports. You don't do what he's done. You don't have that kind of success. You don't get that kind of a contract extension. Uh, you you don't put up these kind of numbers unless you are incredibly dedicated. This guy hit 29 home runs last year in limited duty. And and somehow there are Giants fans questioning how much he cares. That's kind of that's kind of off to me. Well, you know what's interesting is that I think there are certain players for certain teams in certain generations that never get their just due until years after they've gone away from the team. Think Jeff Garcia. Did we ever give Jeff Garcia enough love as a 49er player? Not really in real time. We had to wait till he was gone and we saw a bunch of bad players after him. It was like, you know. That Jeff Garcia wasn't too bad, you know? John Brody from my dad's age group, you know? So I just look at Brandon Belton. I think he's going to be one of those guys. We're going to look back and go, dude, he was way better than we remember. And we didn't give him the appropriate love in real time. So that's why I'm I'm a convert. I'm late to this party, Mark. I freely admit. I was always anti-Belt. He's kind of won me over. And there's nothing that I can do to people that don't like belt anymore. There's nothing I could say to have them get one over. I'm like, look at the guy he's balling right now. Love your point about a glamor position like Jeff Garcia. We didn't love it that much because it was Joe Montana and Steve young before him. And exactly. um, you know, first base for the giants, it was Will Clark and JT snow. And, and it's like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to come be that guy. And uh, I mean, now he's absolutely at least reached a point where we'll look back at him the same way we would JT Snow, especially because of the longevity and the championships. Mark, people act like he's J.R. Phillips, Desi Wilson, and Mark Carrion. I'm like, 
Yeah, he's had an 11-year career. Like, he's a good to great player on a given day. He's not poor. He's a very good player. He's going to be on that wall of fame someday. So I- I've just given in, and I just appreciate the player. And what he's done in the back end of his career has made me like the, the person even more than the player.